This is WTTS In Conversation. I'm Matt Pelser. I've had a disproportionately high number of unsolicited interactions with need-to-breathe fans, all of them positive, I'm happy to say. But it's unusual anymore to have that level of fandom where they're, you know, DMing a local radio guy to ask about news or concert dates or request songs or just talk about the music. And so I knew when I got the chance to talk with Bear Reinhardt that I'd at least talk around that, if not about that, directly. We talk about the new album, Caves, and uh, they're coming to the newly rebranded Everwise Amphitheater at White River State Park on May 22nd of next year. Let's get to the talk. Bear Reinhardt, you doing all right? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thanks for coming. So when you came by WTTS earlier this year, we talked about Need to Breathe fans and how fervent they are. You always make stops in Indiana. What is it about how you're received here that keeps you coming back? That's interesting. I mean, we have a lot of um, really great shows, obviously. <laughs> that helps. You know, I remember we played, uh, I think it was called Radio Radio or something like that. It was yeah. like a really small venue back in the day. Um, and just, I think, you know, we would play these places that we saw grow a little bit. You know, it's like a 200 to 400, 500 thing. That stuff uh, made us fall in love with places you know, like indie, because it, it just showed that like people wanted to see it. It wasn't necessarily about who was talking about the show or, you know, we didn't have the biggest song out or whatever it was. And we've, we've just been trying to repay that ever since. And I think fans can feel that, you know what I mean? And then now, you know, all these shows, the amphitheater kind of shows all that have turned into this really big thing. So we'll, we'll keep coming as long as you have us. Excellent. Yeah. You'll have a good crowd on May 22nd of 2024. We can't wait to see it. Now I have it on good authority that uh, on one of your previous visits, you either mentioned from the stage or somehow somebody found out that you took your kids to our children's museum, which is world-class. Yeah. Do you right. remember? It definitely is. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it was amazing, man. It's, it, you know, it's funny. I've, I've done that uh, a little bit while I'm on tour and it's awesome because they, I love having the kids out on the road. If they can come for a day or two, it's a big deal for me, but I'm also, you know, coming off of what, you know, a heater almost it's like 2am when you go to bed 3am the night before some city, it's like, Oh, first thing. And now we're at the, now we're painting together, you know, whatever, but it, it was a great experience and yeah, the kids loved it. So that's one of the, we circle those cities that have a place like that. Um, so we can bring the kids out because I don't get to do it all the time. Uh, and I'm sure that, uh, that the plans are dynamic <laughs> and it's so far <laughs> off from when we're talking right now, but, uh, any plans for the indie visit to bring the kids? Uh, not yet, but honestly, we've gotten to like the first three days of the tour planning so far. So okay. I'm in, yeah, yeah. So, I, but, but I mean, that would be a, a, a the, I mean, the truth is like a good city like that. People are nice. It's, it's an easy, um, thing when you're walking around town, even if fans there, you know, notice me at the museum or whatever it is, um, everybody's cool about it. So, so certainly a place we love to come. I see what you mean about having kids on tour. I mean, it's, it's gotta be fun, but you and I both know we've got, we've both got kids. They get up at the same time every day, no matter how late you or they go to sleep for that matter. Yeah. That's gotta be one of the hardest parts. Yeah. Well, they're starting to figure out a little bit. And my oldest is eight. So he's starting to figure out a little bit that dad is like, does music for a living. But most of the time, you know, the last few years, last tours we've done, they just don't care about the show either. They just want to <laughs> see dad, you know? So, so whenever that stuff has, has to happen, they're like, why are we doing this? We should be going to dinner. You know, we should take me Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, this new album caves, such big songs. The whole thing is just big. And it seems 
intentionally so? Were there songs that yep. maybe didn't make the cut because they didn't hit that high mark? Oh, that's interesting. Um, not not really. I do think it was very intentional at the beginning, which, you know, hindsight, you can kind of go, which, you know, it was what we felt like was so many records now, you know, are that smaller type bedroom record. It just feels like cheap is a new expensive, which I love records like that. But I also, when we started listening to these songs, we started going, man, this kind of sounds like, I mean, you could hear like, I don't know, Aerosmith doing some of these songs. They were so like that. Yeah. This, the songs got written that way and we liked them, you know, and we were like, man, this feels kind of weird to kind of humbly, you know, do this while the folk instruments, you know, let's just find the raddiest gear, which is kind of what we normally do. It's just like all the raddiest gear we can find and track a record. This was like, man, let's have a little reverence for it and see how big it can go and just see how weird it sounds amongst other records that are out right now. And I think it definitely does to me, you know? So I think, you know, if you're listening to a boy genius record next to this, you're like, Whoa, these guys have lost their minds. But yeah. Um, you know, I do think that's cool. And I, and, and it's partly the places we're playing. We're trying to make a record that feels like, you know, the bigger venues we get to play. It's the single kind of moments, the bigger Epic sort of stadium moments, I guess, if you will. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think songs got cut because of that. I do think that some some of the songs got morphed into that. <laughs> Maybe they started a little more humble and they became that thing. Yeah, because you can take any song and make it make it a little smaller, make it a little more intimate, or you can make it big. And you made all these big, and I'm glad I picked yeah. up on that. Um, I'm glad that that to hear that that was an intention of yours because you're right. A lot of the stuff is sort of now intended to come a little closer or at least it seems and this yeah. i don't know that the, i would i don't know that i would say that this is the antithesis of that but it's definitely an alternative sure. to what's yeah it's, going it's, not, on it's, right it's not a darkness record or anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no. it is but it is big in that way and i think i think it also came out our last record was called in the mystery we made during covid and it was very much that it was like we went to a bedroom i'm a bedroom a house and 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 made this record in like 12 days kind of thing mm. so that's the first sort of limited you know very home recording kind of thing we had done um and i think that's we're like that as a band you know we get bored with ourselves in some way so every it's like i feel like it's always you know you're overcorrecting to the guardrails on the highway um and that and that's what kind of what this record is so i i, I love that i mean we get the luxury of having nine albums now so you're you're always thinking like man these are five or six seven songs that are going to make it into like the canon almost the, the sort of the live tour show that's a three-hour thing mm -hmm. and you're always i think having a little bit of that of, of that in mind probably led us down that road so the album is caves the first track is the cave what does the concept of a cave represent here to you I think it, it, a couple of different things. I mean, one, a little bit of the subconscious kind of thing. The, the reason we write songs, I think, I think I feel like anyway, as writers, we're, we're meant to spend a little extra time in the places most people don't want to um, try to process it, write songs out of that, not to have solutions. I don't mean like we're teachers at all. I mean, more just we're relating those emotions that maybe we have words for that other people don't. Um, and it's really about coming out of the cave. I think, I think that's what the record release project our you know part feels like for me um, my favorite thing about making music is is when people get the music they live their lives to it in their own way they also just understand it in their own way take it to mean whatever they want 
I think we left the record in some ways like that ambiguous, maybe because of that. We that's our probably our favorite part of this thing to see what songs people connect to, and then it becomes a song that it's at their wedding or the you know the birth of a child or that kind of thing. And um, so that's a little bit of us. Like we went away to make this record very isolated. No other. Not I mean we didn't have label at the time. We actually made this before we signed with the label. So this was very much us in our own you know world making a record. That's what it felt like. It's interesting to hear you say that that a record this big was not necessarily made with any label support in mind. You know what I mean? Cause it seems to me yeah. like maybe a label would come and be like, Hey, make this big, but no, that was sure. your decision. Yeah, very much. I mean, I, I mean, we went and made we, the first part of this record we made in a house in Utah, buddy of mine has a house there. And we were like, Hey, can we stay there for 10 days and just, you know, wreck it for a little bit. And, and then we went to uh, Minnesota to, to make the back half where they made that in utero Nirvana record. I mean, I literally slept in a house next to the studio where in the, in the bed Cobain slept in when he was there making that record up in Minnesota. Um, so yeah. So very opposite of maybe what a label would, I mean, we live in Nashville. I do anyway. And so, you know, they're a lot cheaper, easier things to do. Um, but yeah, it was very much our idea of who we wanted this band to be and the band. And you know, it's, it's changed over the years. We've been, doing this for 20 years and so some of the guys tyler burke comes from minnesota who's playing guitar with us very um influential i think in the type of music we're making now which i think is the way bands should be so the cave the song um right out the gate yeah. you give us this really unique unpredictable melody my eyebrows raised when those <laughs> notes went where i wasn't expecting them to go how does it feel to have it described in that way back to you I, I love that. I think that was, you know, in some ways the intention. I mean, I, every record for me, the first song ought to be that. Mm. Um, we always feel like the the first the first song on a record is the statement to go, hey, um, pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. Like we, you know, we worked on this. We thought about it. We we're going somewhere new. Um, I, I think that song, I remember just after we wrote it, and I, we wrote it while we were on the road. And I played it to the band, the demo after, and they were all just freaked and i was like i don't care if anybody likes this <laughs> we like this a lot this is going on there and um and now it's you know we've been leading opening the shows with it which is i mean it's very rock in an awesome way so i'm excited about it oh i'm glad to hear that great way to open up the album uh, even better way to open up a show i think i mean to establish hey here's a new yeah. song hey here's the tone we're setting i love that yeah i listened to this whole record and, and maybe i'm wrong i've only heard it through once uh, I didn't hear any harmonica and I love your harmonica playing. Am I wrong? <laughs> was there any harmonica? That's interesting. I don't think so. Maybe not. Um, that certainly wasn't intentional. It's just funny. <laughs> to think about that. I think we've gotten so used to the idea. I mean, obviously the live show, we're always like, we got, we've got to have a couple banjo moments, harmonica moments. Yeah. People love that. Um, and a couple of us play harmonica strangely enough. So it's, it makes it easy. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. I don't, I can't really explain that uh, probably because we were making this bigger sounding record. We just didn't, it didn't come to mind. You know, it's like more like let's put, put pump organ in on it on here or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but we've, we failed you in that way. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll <laughs> it wasn't it. a failure. Sometimes it just don't fit. And you know that, yeah. you know that as, yeah. as well as anybody. Yeah. Um, let's talk about when you forgive someone. The, the lyric is when you forgive someone, you set yourself free, which I think is such a concise way of putting it. And that being concise in that way only comes from a real and personal understanding of what forgiveness yeah. can do. I mean, if it's not too personal, where did that come from? Probably 11, 12 years ago, the band went through probably 
you know, the roughest patch, you know, every band probably has one. We had a pretty bottom out moment um, where just everybody, honestly, just wasn't healthy. Um, uh, we weren't adults and, and it was getting to us. And we did, I think around that time we were doing 240 shows a year, just a real, you know, thing. And I, I think the first thing that happens in all that is you blame somebody, you know, it's this guy's fault. It's the, these people, whatever it is. And I certainly was that and held on to that. Even as I got healthy, took a while for me to really let go of that, to go like, man, I, I played a pretty big role in this, you know, and it's not to say when you forgive somebody, I feel like that's like, you know, it, it makes it easier in the song in some ways to say like, oh, this is, well, just go tell them you forgive them. And that's, we all know that's not how it is. Like it's a long process of it. But to me, the joy came back, you know, when that forgiveness actually set in, like that was a principle to me that like, and I see it in other people. I have friends, you know, like going through these things and like they, that as long as they're holding on to that thing, that bitterness just gets the best of them. It's in some ways, I feel like if we can't forgive, we can't be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it's important to put things like that on records. I feel like, you know, probably something I'll be trying to teach my kids as an example, you know, as they get older. And you're right. It's not something you can just do. You, it's not something you can just say. It is a process. It is a process of the heart. And you also write about anxiety, I think, in a really real way and how you deal with it and and the way everybody deals with it is different. But I'm thinking about your song, um, West Texas Wind, which takes us on kind of a kind of a journey like it's there's the up at the beginning, you know, like I've got all this to be thankful for. And yet still there's this thing that weighs me down every once in a while. Yeah. And I know that song's a few years old. How's your journey with that? You know, it's uh, if I'm being honest, I mean, I, I would say, you know, the the dips, you know, are maybe not as bad, Good. but I, but I would say I'm somebody just I just struggle with it, you know, in a cyclical way, and obviously I know a lot of people like that. Some people it's seasonal, or some people, you know, with me, really really small things can set it off, and I've learned to try to to try to um, I mean, through a lot of obviously therapy and work to to try to like arrest those emotions and figure out where they're actually coming from treat the problem not the symptom i guess and and so i I think that's true you know and we try i I try to put that in our music so much i mean i think the biggest thing is just understanding people people knowing that that feeling is not crazy it's not only them um it's not something that if you just worked harder you wouldn't have it you know i I think that is probably the thing for me and you know i joked with somebody i was like you know when you get into therapy at the beginning i wish they would just tell you hey all this stuff, we're going to go through all this stuff. It's going to be really hard, painful, and nobody else is going to change. <laughs> but then <laughs> no one would stick be, with it. <laughs> right, right. But the truth is, I mean, that's 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 kind of where it's at, right? You're trying to figure out how to process these things in a better way and have perspective and, and um, not beat yourself, you know. And so I, I'm still very much uh, deal with that. Fortunately, um, I do feel like the lows are not as low. Have you learned the importance, though, I'm sure that you have, of sitting with it and, like, being with it and feeling it? Yeah. I think think that's probably the the toughest thing, being a musician with this stuff, in my opinion. It's um, night after night. You know, we're going on a tour and you play, whatever it is, 25 shows in 30 days or something crazy. It's completely not reality. And it's very easy then to, oh, I get on the bus and have a drink, and then, you know, then I don't remember. And I wake up sad, and I have no idea why. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I, I didn't I didn't spend the time. I wasn't aware enough, you know, of myself to go like, man, I'm actually lonely out here. 
you know, I need to figure out how to get the kids out or for a day or two, or I need, I'm not getting enough exercise, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, I think that numbing, there's a lot of numbing things that you can do on the road. And, and that, that is probably the biggest, you know, when I'm going out on this tour, I make a big goal before we leave. Like, Hey man, I, there, here's some health goals for me personally that have nothing to do with the music because I need to stay in, sort of in contact with what's going on with me. Mm. You got some great support on this album. Some great friends showed up. Uh, Judah and the Lion, Old Dominion, Carly Pierce, that Foy Van song at the very end. Oh, dude. Oh, he's, my gosh. He, I mean, you know Foy is incredible. Um, but that song was one of those surprises where I played it to the band after we wrote it. I wrote it with a guy named Trent Dabbs, who's a natural songwriter buddy of mine. We've written before. And and I played it to them, and, and, and they didn't dig it right away because it was just a little piano demo that I made. You know, All they right, were like, yeah. I don't know if I hear the song in this. And uh, we got to Minnesota and tracked it um, one take. So the vocal and the guitar, um, guitar Tyler's playing guitar. And we, we just took it down like three or four times that night. And that was the record. And everybody then had this sort of like, it just gives you that emotion. It has a real feeling. And so I'm proud of that. And, and Foy's just like, to me, he's one of the most talented artists in the world. You know, maybe doesn't get credit for it as much as he should. Um, but he just came in and just delivered that same sort of level of emotion, which is tough to do, I think. It is, it is, and you're right. The emotional depth that we get from him and from you, I mean, on, on all these songs, but for him particularly on that song, I think it was a great fit. And so I'm guessing, I'm, I'm sure, that the sequence was intentional for that one to be the closer, for the cave to be the opener and that one to be the closer. It's perfect, man. Very much, yeah. I mean, I used to have, I remember like the old Counting Crows records, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I would, when they would have, you know, the, the ballad at the end of the record, I would, in high school, I fell asleep to that. You know, I mean, yeah. I always think of records kind of like that. And I know people don't listen to albums that way anymore, but, but in some sort of nostalgic way, that's the way we, you know, like to think of it. Need to Breathe will be at White River State Park on May 22nd. Race week. You might have a fervent Indianapolis race week crowd at the venue. Uh, 2024, man. We'll see you then. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Bear Reinhardt. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. We'll link you to tickets at WTTSFM.com. And, and I'll link you there in the episode description of this podcast too. This has been WTTS In Conversation. This new app that we have is really good. It allows you to listen to WTTS anywhere you have service. Go and grab that where you get apps or update the old one, you'll get the new one. I'm Matt Pelser, morning six to 10. We'll be back again with a fresh episode in a couple weeks. Talk to you then.